Welcome back to St. Joseph Radio Presents. I'm Peter Kritz. This is Deacon Burke, and we're talking about maybe our vocation, maybe what we're supposed to do. What, 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 are, we, what are we going to be talking about here? We're going to talk about what it means to be called by Jesus like the apostles were and sent. And that's what that word means, sent. So apostle means sent, and we're supposed to be, our, our mission is to be apostles in our families or apostles in our workplace or apostles wherever he wants us to go. And that's a wonderful trip. It's a great trip, and it's something we need to do. Let's invite our friends. And please, I'm inviting you. Come, listen to this. It'll be great. Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program, broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Well, thank you, Matt, and I am your host today, Peter Karutz. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, the Rome of the West. And today we are going to be talking with Deacon Burke. Sounds like a familiar name. And uh, I haven't decided what the name of the program is, but I think it's just going to say, just, just go and say yes. But before we do, one of the things... I do on Saturday mornings is I meet with a group of men. We've been doing it for, I don't know, 15 years or so. And we read the Gospels for the following day. And, and I, know, I know the homily is going to be great this Sunday. They're going to talk about the, the apostles and going out. But I got I to gotta read one thing to you that struck me differently today. So I'll read the beginning. It says, at the sight of the crowds, Jesus's heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. I'm going to read that again. Our Lord had pity on them because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. So that that kind of hit me this morning when I was thinking about it. And it reminded me of a time when I was lost. There were two times. One, when I was in grade school, I was at a at a summer camp, and we went on the, this overnight trek, and the leaders got lost, and we didn't know where we were, and we got back at least close. We had run out of food, run out of water, and we were kind of happy. But the other thing that it reminded me of is when I was in high school, I was on retreat, and it was a dark night, no moon, and uh, and and it got cloudy, and I was in the woods, and. I was lost. I was completely lost. It was pitch dark. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And I was scared. And I think of the gospel and it's today and it says, the Lord had pity on them because they were troubled and abandoned. You know what? I think that's what our Lord is is doing. He is our shepherd. He is with us even when we are terribly troubled and abandoned. Uh, 
Deacon, welcome to the program. Thank you. Running a couple of minutes late. That's all right. But I, I have to tell that little story. So, you know, I, all I wanted to say is whenever, whenever you feel troubled and abandoned, you're not abandoned, you're not alone, and if you're troubled, you, you have someone to lay your troubles on. Well, I love your, I love your story because it, it bespeaks what happens when we get in those dark places, right? When we get in those places where we don't think anybody will understand, we don't think anybody will really listen, the evil one wants us to think that we're totally alone. And you feel so alone. Yeah, you so, so, so alone. lost. But, but there's a response that we have, isn't it? What is, our, what is our response to that? I don't know. When I was a kid, to be honest, when I was a kid, I, I was scared. And, I, and to feel alone was, was uh, an understatement. Uh, I, it was literally pitch dark, and I had no idea where to go, what to do. I was, I was so consumed with my fear that I didn't know what to do, where and, to go. And, but somebody was looking for you. Right? No. No, 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 one no one was, was looking, looking for us. No one was looking for us. How'd you get? How'd you make it out? I got to find out. I don't remember. Out. It was hours. It was hours and hours and hours. And oh. I had no idea where to go. With it. I finally found. I, I could see in the distance some little glimmer of light. I was massively lost. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it, in our lives today, we have other things that cause us to be troubled to our core almost, that we feel that we're alone in our troubles. And we might be, but we're not alone because the Lord is with us. So we kind of got to lean on him, give it, you know, hang it on his shoulders. Know that while we may be temporarily alone, we're not ever really alone. Well, I'm trying to think of those situations that, that we've had and before. Some people have have physical ailments that, yeah. that they think nobody will understand. Yeah, uh, I right. can think of a lot of people who suffer from addiction sure. who think that it's the only dark place that they, they know and no one else can appreciate yeah. it. And yet we also know people who suffer from a loss of job, oh, a sure. loss, loss of uh, intimacy with a spouse or yeah. otherwise. And, and all those things kind of make us separated from the community, make us separated from who, who God wants us to be with, which is everybody else, doesn't it? It does. And, and, and talking about those two things, losing a job, being separated from a spouse, if you will, it's, it's almost uh, the anticipation of that that is also as troubling or more. You know, before you lose the job and you think you're going to, the trouble that you suffer is huge, right? The, the tor- torment you suffer. And, and sometimes it's not going to happen, right? And you're suffering for what doesn't happen. Or, but maybe it helps you motivate motivate you. Deacon, before we go further, I, I forgot to say a prayer to start out. Oh, we always my. do. Let's do that. Would you do that, oh, please? Oh, I'd be happy to. Thank happy you. To. Heavenly Father, you made us for your heart. You made us for the, the sacred heart of Jesus. You bring to us with the immaculate heart of Mary. You show us the way to be connected to you through your son and through his mother. We ask for the same connection. We ask for the same inner peace that they share between each other and want to share with us. And we ask you to guide us through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Is that our feast tomorrow? Is that the Immaculate? It actually, it's today. It's today. Yeah. All right. Well, Immaculate Heart today. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> what I was what I was getting at when I was thinking about this this uh, uh, gospel today was was you know Jesus. Uh, 
can be everywhere. And we were kind of talking about that. You know, Jesus is always with us. And, and we, can, we, we sometimes feel that we don't really have that, that closer connection. It could be a dryness in prayer or otherwise or tragedy. But what really happens in this gospel is Jesus is doing something remarkable. He's doing something remarkable for us, don't you think? I mean, before this episode, the, the apostles followed Jesus around and went, Wow, can you look at that? Can you believe that? Look what he's doing now. We're hungry and he feeds 5,000. Look at what he's doing. But, but even before that, the only time the Jewish people saw a miracle, it was when Moses touched the rock or Mo- Moses parted the sea by raising his arms or they fought the um, Amalites or something like that and he raised his hands and they won the battle. But now Jesus says, I'm going to let you go out. All the things that I can do and all the things the Father can do in the world, I'm going to send you. And today in our gospel, it says these disciples were called apostles. Apostles means sent, sent on mission. And so although we can look at this gospel today and say, oh, isn't that nice? You know, he's calling these people and we can be spectators in it. What I think he's really doing is saying, now that I have the Holy Spirit in the world, now that I've called you to be my disciples, you're no longer spectators. Yeah, Think yeah. of what that means. Oh, it's tremendous. And, and quite frankly, the two things that come to mind, as you said, that when our Lord fed the 5,000, you know, I, we're looking back on it, but did the apostles, was it lost on the apostles that after feeding the 5,000 with just five loaves, they had 12 baskets, and then he sends them out? Right? There were 12 tribes, 12 apostles, and now he's sending them out to, to, to do all this good. And, and here's the point. He didn't need them to do that. The Lord could have done it all on his own, but he wants us to participate. He gave, he gave them a mission. He's giving us a mission. He wants us to be participatory in this work. Well, it's, it's uh, so neat that you brought up that part about the 5,000, because in that gospel, if I'm remembering right, I don't have it in front of me, but in that gospel, as I recall, uh, Jesus, it says Jesus uh, uh, broke the, blessed the bread, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples to distribute. And so we don't know whether the bread was multiplied at that point oh, or whether it was multiplied as the disciples went out oh, yeah. and distributed yeah. it. A very Eucharistic idea, don't oh, you think? Oh, it is. And, this, and so so even today, as the, as the, as the disciples are, are, are uh, called by him to, uh, as apostles to be sent, you know, we, we have to think, well, you know, I know that, that we consider our bishops as, as apostles in the world for sure, but are we not also? You know, we talk about different saints. This saint was an apostle to the Germans. You know, this saint was an apostle to this person. Uh, Dorothy Day was, was an apostle to the poor. Those are things that we can think of, including Mother Teresa as, a, as in essence, an apostle to the poor in Calcutta. But my question for you is, and for all of us, we have to ask, Lord, what, what are we an apostle to? Who are, where are we being sent? And if you don't feel like you're being sent, then uh, it's possible you're, you're resting for a moment. But if, if truth be told, you probably haven't asked him. Yeah, right. You probably haven't asked, where should I go, Lord? Where do you want to insert me? Like John of the Cross says, where there's no love, insert love and you'll find love. Where should I go? What are you calling me to do now? 
isn't it, we get so wrapped up in what we're doing that we that we forget that that's a, an important question. Now, are you you're just talking to priests and deacons, right? Yeah, they're, you, they're the only ones with vocations. <laughs> they're only the only ones who are called. You're 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 doing that lawyer thing with me, aren't you? <laughs> Wouldn't you agree with me? <laughs> Isn't it true? Isn't no, it true? No, actually, no, right? Because look at these guys. You know, uh, uh, the first thing that Peter said when he was called by Jesus on the shore of the Galilee is he says, he says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Jesus knew who he was. He knew he wasn't up to the challenge. Jesus knew he would make Peter up to the challenge. And as Peter progressed with Jesus, he certainly was up to it, wasn't he? Yeah. And look, I think Peter ought to be a great model for us all. He screwed up. He fell down a lot. He was not qualified for the job, but God made it so. I I, I dealt with, I had a huge project in Santiago, Chile, with a, um, a fishery, a fisher, bunch of fishermen. They were Argentinian fishermen. They were tough to deal with. They were rough and gruff, right? I imagine Peter was even more so, right? But, but we are not as ill-qualified as Peter was or the apostles. But our Lord will help us get to where we want to go if we keep the door open. Look, if we say no, we don't want to participate in this. We don't want to help you. We don't want to help spread the word. We don't want to be examples to the world. He'll say, fine, you don't want to do it. I'll still be after you. But if we open our hearts, man, watch the floodgates open. Well, it's interesting the way you're talking there, because because uh, as soon as you said, you know, well, I'm not prepared or I'm not willing to do this or I can't, I won't be able to do this. It was almost reflexes in me to, to start an inventory, you know, an inventory. What what do I know about Christ? You know, what what do I know about the popes? What do I know about the history of the church? What do I know about the the, the gospels and the, the Old Testament? And and that's that's a fool's errand, isn't it? You know, we we these these uh, uh, the. A fisherman. Uh, Peter was a fisherman. It meant that he was out fishing when everybody else was at synagogue. Okay, it meant that he did not participate fully. It meant that even as we see in some movies and stuff, that maybe he was even fishing on days when he shouldn't have been fishing. Having said that, having said that, Jesus says, I didn't call you because of who you were. I call you because of who I am. And then as I call you, as we see in the gospel today, he calls these 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 fishermen. He calls uh, these these tax collectors. You know, Matthew wrote this gospel, and he lists everybody's name. And I find it interesting that the only occupation he lists of any of them all, he knew who they were, was he listed his own. He listed his own. What did he say he was? He was a tax collector and a sinner. And what does that mean if you're a tax collector in Jerusalem occupied they, by the Romans? Right. You were a Jew. You were a traitor. You were, a, you were despised by, uh, by your I was going to say by your friends, but you probably didn't, <laughs> didn't have, have any, any friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a pariah. Yeah. And, so, and so Matthew wants us to know, as, as, as the gospel is unfolding in front of us, he wants us to know that, that no one's unworthy, no one's unqualified, no one's, no one's uh, so poorly educated. Uh, Jesus fits everyone into his plan as long as we step into his plan. Isn't that neat? Yeah, step into it, open the door. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents. I'm your host today, Peter Karutz, and we're with Deacon Burke. What's the name of our program? I said, just just go, do it. 
uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a good name. Yeah. That's a good name because because that's what they were sent. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so many of us think, well, my my uh, my job is to be a, a, a faithful spouse, and 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 that's that's your job, right? Sure. Or and and my, or my job is to is to. Uh, educate children or, or, or bring up grandchildren or, or be a good employee. Those are all jobs. Those are not vocations. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 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 Jesus said in our gospel, he's, he said, uh, 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 go out, uh, heal the sick, uh, raise the dead, drive out demons, and go get an education, get a master's in divinity, Go talk to all the all the Jewish rabbis. Then come back and see me when you're ready, and I'll send you out. No, he does it right. <laughs> right, right, he does it. He he turns to them and says, "Then go and proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Right. Wow. Go and proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When those are those are creative words, right? Those are action words. And uh, I don't think he stopped. I think he's still saying the same thing to us. Go and proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I think he is. And, and uh, I, I think, again, we have to open up our, our hearts to it. I, I, for a long time, my heart was rather close to that. I wouldn't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to put, a, you know, put my views forth and make people uncomfortable and all that stuff. But uh, you know, since I've opened up my heart to it, where, where is my vocation? Where, is, uh, where am I called to spread the news, spread the gospel? You know, the Lord finds ways. I, I used to say to my friends, my family, um, I don't go on a business trip without talking about faith. And it's true. I mean, it really is true, but I don't bring it up. I don't bring up faith. But it happens. It happens every time. I remember one time I was coming back from somewhere, and I had gotten on the plane. I was exhausted. I fell asleep immediately, well, almost immediately. I, when I get on a plane, every time I always say, the, I always say an act of contrition. But I, and then I immediately fell asleep. And then I woke up, and we're coming into land, and I realize, I always say, we, I always talk about faith. And I didn't talk about faith on this trip. And the guy next to me said, you're Catholic, aren't you? <laughs> and he winds up being a, a, a Baptist who teaches philosophy, theology at some uh, local university. I wound up giving him a book. But you know what? I think that's what it is. I'm an accountant, for goodness sakes. What is my part in spreading the word? Clearly, I'm not wearing a collar. I think it's all of our jobs. And if you open up your heart to it, the Lord will find places where you can do, I was going to say some good, plant a seed. Well, yeah, funny you should say that is that, is that each one of us has that own the, our own calling, right? Yeah. To expand the kingdom of God, to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, uh, you know, you may find it, it it's easy for a deacon or a priest to do those things. Uh, I'm, I, when I'm out and I have my collar on, I think mm-hmm. I think people think I'm more approachable. But I like to be approachable yeah. even when I'm not. Sure. I, can I tell a story about a friend of mine? Please. I may have shared this with you earlier, but uh, but uh, uh, she was she was a, a a disciple, right? What does that mean? Well, she was baptized. Uh, she received the Holy Spirit. God the Father and the Son at her baptism. That's what we all get in our baptisms. She went to confirmation, and Catholics will know exactly what confirmation is. That's the confirmation of our call to partner with the Holy Spirit for an indwelling of that Holy Spirit and to do things. So she said, okay, I'm a disciple. 
And she says, as a disciple, I guess I'm supposed to be sent. I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm supposed to be expanding the kingdom of God. So she did something so simple that so many of us don't even think about. She asked him. She asked him. She said, Jesus. What what would you what have you want me, from what me? would you have me do? Yeah. You know now now for those of you out there that might be listening to this, I will share with you that that's one of the scariest questions I ever wanted to ask Jesus. In fact, I was on the golf course when I first uh, driving range when I first asked that, and I don't play golf anymore. I do this. But having said that, it's a marvelous question to ask. And she just asked that simple question. Jesus, what would you have me do? If I'm going to ex- expand the kingdom of God, how would I do that? You know what he said to her in prayer, which he'll talk to all of us in prayer in the same way? He said, pray with people. Isn't that simple? That's her calling. That's her calling. Pray with people. Uh, And and so much like, you know, proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what she did was she just said, okay. So what he did, he made her an apostle of prayer being sent, or apostle being sent, for prayer. and But she was really troubled by this, really. Um, and the reason was, and so many of us might, might empathize with it, she was scared. Hmm, she was fearful. She was a very shy person. If, if he'd have said, go off to an adoration chapel, you know, w- once a week and pray constantly for world peace, she'd have done that in a heartbeat. That's me, you know, huh? Ten, yeah. ten rosaries a day. If right. he'd have wanted her to do that, she'd have figured out how to do it. But this, to pray with strangers, to just pray with somebody. So you know what she did? It was kind of cute. Mm. And, and, and I can see where I'd be in the same boat as her. She said a simple prayer. She said, Jesus... If you want me to pray with people, you're going to have to put them right in front of me. What she really did is she said, I'm not denying what you're asking me to do. I just need you to get me over that finish line, to get me to that spot. What was so funny is the way she related the story was like immediately, like the next day, she goes to the beauty parlor and there's somebody there who says, would you pray with me? And then she's like at the grocery store and he, it, Jesus highlights somebody else and she says, can I pray with you? And they go, oh, yes, I need prayer. It kind of went like that. She couldn't help it. There was people in front of her all the time either asking for prayer or clearly needing prayer and she was driven to it. And so it was, it was a wonderful example of when now that she stepped out, she stepped into that courage when Jesus gave her the prompting. Then what happened? Amazing things happened. Amazing things happened. I, I got to tell you, uh, you, you said about that prayer, right? Lord, show me what you want of me and I will do it. I have heard that prayer recounted by so many people here in St. Louis, frankly, around the world, you call it a scary prayer. I think it's a profound prayer. I've heard story after story where people have gone to the Lord and said, "Please tell me what you want to do, what you want of me, and I will do it." And He does. It's shocking and eye-opening. It works. It happens. And but be careful because he will. He'll show you what he wants. Well, well, and, and, and we say be careful. Uh, just a, a little example for me. I was at the driving range hitting balls, and that's that's what I did. I mean, that uh, I, I practiced law as hard as I could, played golf as hard as I could, tried to be a good family man, and I said, Lord, if you want me, if to follow you means you want me to give up golf, I will. 
And as soon as I said it, I may have equated this story with you. I had a long time before I ever thought, had Lord ever put it on my heart to be a deacon. And I almost wanted to take it back. You know, it's like, it was like, when you say a prayer, you can't take it back. It's like yeah. out there, you know, yeah. you, you, you can't cough and act like you didn't mean to say That's that. Right. And, and, and you know what he said to me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? Just okay. It wasn't like, I'm going to send you to Bangladesh. I'm going to send you to Calcutta. He didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't say, uh, I, you don't trust me enough because you kind of wanted to take it back. He said, I will take whatever you give me and I will make you stronger. That's what the apostles did, didn't they? Yeah. In our gospel, they, were, they weren't ready. Of course not. But Jesus was ready. Yeah. You know, the, the, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers were few. Yeah. He took the, the least qualified, the most incompetent, the most weak, the most ill-prepared people he could find and sent them out to do amazing things. Why? Why did he do that? Why are we so weak and called to do so much? To show the glory of God. Because when they came back, it says when they came back and when the, when the disciples, 70 disciples were sent out, and when they came back, what were they doing? Glorifying God, right? They weren't glorifying each other. Isn't yeah. that neat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no confusion as to whether the, it was the great oratory skills of these fishermen or this hated tax collector. It clearly was God working. There is no confusion. They knew it was God working in them. That's what made it so profound. So, so our, question, our question has to be this. What keeps us, what keeps us from, from asking the question we've come up with, right? What would you have me do? What would you have me do to get closer to you? What would you have me do to be there with someone else? What would you have me do? And just in silence, in the silence of our hearts, trusting that he really wants to speak to us. Because you know, as soon as, even before you ask that question, we've already experienced it now in this, in this studio. Even before we ask the question, the evil one's saying, don't ask it. Your life will be in the crapper. Sorry, folks. Your life will be terrible. It'll be absolutely atrocious. He'll make you sell everything. He'll make you, he'll make you uh, your life an absolute misery. So let me ask you, did Mother Teresa tell us her life was a misery? No. No, not at all. Did any of the saints say that? No. Did any of the people I know who, who are just normal people, who, 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 who are, are prayer warriors, who go out to help the poor, do any of them come back and say, what a terrible time that was? No, the only terrible time is the contemplation of whether I'm going to do it or not. Right? What do I need to do? I think Mother Teresa, just to expound on her, she became free. She became the person who God intended her to be. And that's, that was her wish. Help, help me do what you want me to do. And once she, the path was put in front of her, I, I think she went full force. Don't you want to be that person? Well, I do. I do. I want to be that person. I want to, I, I want to do what the Lord wants of me. And, and, and I want to mention something to you that, that, that I think could help people out there. The Lord will not ask you to do anything that won't make you absolutely alive. Absolutely alive. The Lord will not 
ask you to do anything or to breathe any air that doesn't make you just totally inflamed with his love. Well, that music means that we're going to have to take a break here. It'll be a two-minute break. This is just, this is not time to, to be idle. It's time to go and do. Talk to some of your friends. Call them up. Text them. Let them know that we're talking about that great, and did, it, did I say scary prayer? Lord, tell me what it is you want me to do, and I will do it. Show me. Well, tell people to come and listen to this program. We're going to figure out how to, uh, how to maybe how to respond to that. We'll be back in two minutes. Hi, this is Matt Logerman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea. A St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and 7 medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. E-R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. Well, welcome back. Uh, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, and we're here with Deacon Burke. And we're saying, uh, we're talking about just go do it, all right? But before we get back to that, let me just tell you about the Catholic Woman of the Year. That's coming up. We certainly could use uh, a, your nominations. You know these good women who really would be a great example to all of us. So if you want an application, um, please uh, call us at 636-447-6000, 636-447-6000. Or you can go to... Um, www.stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net, and uh, get an application, nominate a good woman. And by the way, if they say, no, 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 I can't do that, I I'm, I'm, don't deserve it, that just tells you you probably need to nominate this good woman. One, one more thing, and I'm not going to belabor it, but just, you know, we, we're very fortunate here in Missouri to have been the first state to have no abortions, uh, but the fight isn't over. Uh, there's a there's a a group or groups that are trying to amend the constitution. So keep your ear open for that. Uh, there's going to be a petition to don't sign uh, the the petition, and and a few other people. So go to Birthright, go to Thrive. 
these folks are fighting hard to make sure that we protect the lives of the unborn. Uh, be aware of it. Be aware of it. It's it's kind of running under the radar. I don't want it to run under the radar. Can I can I be a little caboose on the train of your thought? Yeah, please. Uh, uh, a lot of times, and you all may have noticed this before, when you look at these uh, uh, places to sign petitions and stuff, yeah. they're worded like the opposite of Absolutely. what you think. So, so, uh, and 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 you know, those are those are clever ways. And when you see those, they're almost like, why do you have to be this disingenuous to make your point? Right. But having said that, there is not a referendum to make this a pro-life state. That's right. In our Constitution. That's right. So if you see something that that's, that smells like it, it, it's not it. Yeah. And we'll try and get some information on that and, and let you know about it. But be very, very, as Deacon Burke said, be very, very careful on these petitions. Uh, for now, I think you're right. Just don't sign it, whatever it is. Just don't sign it. It will be tricky. What is the devil? The devil is the master of, of, of lies, right? And what does he do? He throws in little bits of truth in there to make the lie sound credible. So th- th- this is a work of the devil. Yeah, well, that's a whole other topic. You talk about how somehow you can use the word pro-choice and women's health in the same sentence. Absolutely. Don't know how that happens. Yeah. It's absolutely a lie, and it's right out there in front of us. It smells like smoke, and it comes from hell. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, uh, uh, we were talking about we were talking about Satan, and we were talking about hell. We were talking about what he does to us. He was talking about it plays on each one of our insecurities, and somehow we can start making making that 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 argument in our mind that that um, that we can't do something, or we shouldn't step up to the plate, so to speak, or we don't even want to ask Jesus in prayer. Or leave me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Yeah. Uh, it, and, and, and when we feel, I'd like to give you a little bit of a, 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 a barometer here, a little bit of a temperature gauge for what's going on. The more you are attacked, the more you are accused, the more you are devalued by people around you, and also by that voice in your head, the more scared the devil is of you. The, you, you, the devil is very, very scared of you right now. Whether you're in your car, whether you're, whether you're at home listening to this or whatever, he is absolutely petrified and terrified of a disciple of Christ actually speaking out, speaking Jesus into the world, actually praying for somebody, actually asking the Lord for healing for another person, actually giving prophecy to somebody. All these things the apostles did and we do too by the Holy Spirit. And we can do those. And of course, maybe you don't do that right out of the box, so to speak. But everything these apostles did, you know, the first time they walked into a village and they said, okay, he told me to proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What should I do? All of a sudden, the Lord will bring somebody to them who needs to hear that those words. And then, what do I say? What do I say? The Lord will give you what you need to say. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus says, don't worry when you're in front of governors and when you're in front, front of, uh, uh, I can't remember, governors and persecutors or somebody like that. Don't worry what you're going to say. My Father in heaven will give you what to say. Isn't that isn't that? Isn't that counterintuitive? Oh, of course it is. Don't we want to prepare everything ahead of time? Yeah. We get, we get in Jesus' way by doing that. And remember, we have, you know, like we say, we are the body of Christ. We have different parts, and every part has its own function. The eye is the eye, and the hand is the hand. But let's, let's go the other way. When you have somebody who is 
if you will, witnessing to the gospel with their lives, right, uh, as we say at Mass, they're witnessing to the gospel with their lives, affirm that person, right? Don't, don't ignore them. Sometimes as we, you know, we're very quiet. We don't affirm it, right? At the baseball game the other night, there was a Christian night afterwards. That's a good thing. Affirm that. We've got some nutty, crazy things going on with the Dodgers. I hope nobody ever goes to their game again. Uh, but we need oh, to Oh, until be... they change their policy and speak out. Until the Lord causes their hearts to change. Absolutely. And they change their policy and speak out, and then we'll celebrate them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But let's not be quiet. When somebody is affirming the faith, support them. Affirm them. You know, hold their arms up, if you will. That's that's part of the job too. It's part of the spreading the gospel. Be supportive. And 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 uh, uh, this isn't in this gospel, but but it is coming up. Uh, it is in the gospels. Uh, isn't it interesting that that these are apostles that are being sent? He does the same thing with the seventy disciples that he sends out two by two. Mm-hmm. And when I'm here with you, Peter, I I feel not only affirmed in the vocation I have as a deacon, but I'm also affirmed in who I am with Jesus. And he, and he causes that not just because of our relationship. He causes that because he's here with us. You know, when there's two or more gathered in my name, mm-hmm. he's here. He makes it life-giving. No matter what you're called to do, it will become life-giving. I didn't say it won't be without trouble, but it will become life-giving if you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, as you said, you're, you're a deacon. I'm a layperson. We, 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 uh, you have more responsibilities, more gifts, and, of course, you're ordained. But we, the laity, we're, we're called as well. It, it, we don't just sit back. As you said in your homily, go and do it, right? Yeah. Go yeah. and do it. Well, uh, and so we talked about, even though it's nice to be prepared, and, and, and we should try to prepare ourselves and try to get into the Word, Jesus didn't tell these uh, first apostles to do that. And, and although he wants us to continue to listen to him, it's like, it's like the other way around. I'd like you to, to, to turn this sideways with me. If you step out, if you listen in prayer to what he wants you to do, and it might be something just as simple as my friend who, got, who was the apostle, uh, apostle of prayer to people. It could be uh, something where, where he calls you to uh, one of the more difficult things is to step into it, as I say, to step into it with a family member, to step into it with that aunt, uncle, niece, nephew, granddaughter, Grandson, what do you mean? Step into it. Well, step into it means means that that if they're not walking with Christ, they're walking with somebody else. If they're not in God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're in somebody else's kingdom, and 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 just walking around with a smile on our face, putting a fifty dollars in their birthday card, is not enough to get them to heaven. If you say, well, uh, well, yeah, but I'll I'll just show them a good example. How's that working so far? In all honesty, it's not. In all honesty, we see it in our culture. It's not. They're totally inundated. People are, everyone is totally inundated by a culture of death, as the popes have said. We're inundated with a culture of rationalism. We're inundated with a culture of consumerism. I'm not even going to go there. I don't even have to say it anymore. But what does it mean to get, get, to step into it, it it means I step into that that personal space with them, and I run the risk that they're going to say, you know, Uncle Peter, you're crazy. 
you know, you're that's that's wacky Peter. You that's know, that, right. That's that's uh, the the guy on the plane next to you, right? Uh, who doesn't make the overture, and you make the overture, and they say, "Well, that's fine for you, but that's not fine for me." And you give them a little witness. You say, "This is how I was. This is how Jesus entered into my life, and this is how I am now." And Can we do those three things? We sure. need to, yeah. And and let's let's uh, you said something. Let's be very particular. You know, it. it, it someone once said, "If you." If you don't run into the devil periodically, maybe you and he are walking in the same direction. So don't be surprised that you run into these issues and problems. But the question is, or the directive is, or the encouragement is, as you said, do something. Don't be silent when confronted with these particular issues. Yeah, Be direct. You're absolutely correct. Without Jesus in my life... Every problem looks like a, a hill too high to climb. But with Jesus in my life, every, oppor- every problem is an opportunity for, to, to walk with Jesus and to let him do it. It doesn't mean I sit back and, and, and say, okay, I'm going to pray for a relative who's away from the church, and I'm just going to sit here and do like a, a, a perpetual novena. Fine. But is that what Jesus asks you to do? Notice not my friend. She just said a simple prayer. I know who I am. I'm a beloved daughter of God. That's really what she was saying. I know you made me to expand the kingdom. Tell me what I must do. And then when he gives you a, a mission, a small one or a big one, then you say, yes, like she did, or yes, I will help me do it, which is the best prayer. And then it happens. And then what happens after that? He gives you something else. Yeah, and it may yeah. be less or more, probably more to do, and he makes it even more life-giving for you. Yeah, and those things can be very simple. You know, I think we probably all know uh, somebody who is Catholic. I, I've, I've heard this a thousand times, and I'm, I, I think it's such a euphemism now. Yes, I was raised Catholic. You know what that means? <laughs> it's not about practicing anymore. I was raised Catholic. We all, all of us, we don't do anything unless we're invited to do so. I I was raised Catholic. Would you like to come to Mass on Sunday? I got this great Mass at 1215. It's great. It's uplifting. It's, yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. Why don't you come with me? Little thing, invite people. If we don't invite people, they won't do. But that's, that's a little thing, right? Look, if, if I were going to go to a great restaurant and I knew this, these people, were, good friends of mine, weren't doing anything that evening, I'd say, well, why don't you come with me? I mean, it's, it's courtesy. It's charity, right? Invite people to share this great thing that you have found. Why wouldn't we? You know, I've, as you're talking, I, I, I love what you're saying. And I sat there and, and put myself in that position of, of saying, well, well, no, thank you, Peter. I don't want to go to that restaurant. Or no, thank you. I'm not going to go uh, to, to, to mass with you. I appreciate it. That's good for you. And then the question I have for you, Peter, is are you willing to be a pest for Jesus? Are you willing, literally, to be a pest for Jesus? Remember that. Remember the, the, the mother of 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 James and John. Uh, 
uh, the sons of Zebedee. It, this is right before Jesus' passion, and, and he's told them two or three times, I'm, I'm going to Jerusalem, and they're going to they're gonna kill the Son of God, and he'll raise on the third day. But, but they're, they're blockheads. I, I'm a blockhead, too. And they're blockheads, and the, son of, uh, the mother of the sons of Zebedee comes to Jesus and says, yes, what do you want? In essence, he says to her, and she says, she says, Ordain, in other words, ordain that, that my two sons, one will sit on your right and one will sit on your left. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I wonder, we only have it, like she says it once in the gospel, I wonder how many times she said it. <laughs> probably a thousand. Right, right. Yeah. She, she probably said it a lot. You know, there was a survey not long ago that says that more and more uh, parents are getting involved in the job applications of their, of their 20-year-olds, yeah. their 30-year-olds, because, because they don't know how to do a resume. And the parents are calling their employers and telling them how, why, they should, they, why they should hire their, their children. It's kind of like that. And I, and I sit there and think, would, could you, would you, if Jesus put it on your heart, which is what he's doing, if he put it on your heart, would you be a pest for Jesus? Yeah. So I, 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 I was going to say, can we have the court reporter read back that question that you said so long ago? Yeah. Would you be a pest for Jesus? So first off, everybody who knows me knows that I'm a pest. There's, I, as my daughters say, I'm annoying. There's no doubt about that. I got it. But but to be a little bit on the encouraging side, look, we're talking about the folks who who might be friends, right? In other words, you have you are in relationship with these folks, right? And that's what I, your your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, people who know you, like you, maybe even love you. In that context, and you invite them to come to mass, for example, they're going to receive that the 15th time. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if you, you might, we might, in our own minds think, I'm being a pest. No, we're being invitational, right? We're already in relationship. We already like these people, love these people. They know we want the best for them. They know we love them. We might think we're being a pest, we might need to think that we're willing to be a pest, but you know what? If they know you and love you, they know who you are, and they know that you're not being a pest. This is St. Joseph Radio presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. We're here with Deacon Tom Burke, and we are live, and we're saying, just go do it. <laughs> And, and and risk being ghost for Jesus. Okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I have been ghost before Me for too. Jesus. Me too. And and if that's just how it goes, that's just how it goes. But but I, I want to mention something else. I have no doubt about this after reading a little bit of the scriptures, and I'm not a scholar. But now these 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 apostles go out, and and soon we'll see the disciples go out next, and. And they go out and they do these things that they never thought they could do. And then I don't doubt this at all. And I want you to know it. And then they came back and said, I understand what you meant now about the seeds and the sower 
parable. I understand about some of these parables that we were so scared to even talk to you about. You're, I understand as we partnered with you, Jesus, and the spirit and authority that you've been given to us, and that same authority that you and I have, Peter, I understand what that means now. The scriptures now are opened up to my eyes because I walked in partnership with you. Let me let me talk about being a pest again because I kind of okay. like that. But here's here's a, a rather lengthy story that I'll make short. I, I, I used to go to New York every year for a big business um, and a trip on a boat for all our best clients, and uh, I had theater tickets and dinner. And one of my partners came to me and said, "We have one more couple who who doesn't have anywhere to go tomorrow. So can could they? so they came with us. I don't know who they are. I still don't know who this couple is." So I'm sponsoring this dinner in a New York restaurant, and and um, before we eat, I, I kind of stood up in the middle. I thanked everyone for coming, and I say, "Look, when I when I go out to eat, or when I when I eat, I pray, and I'd invite you, all of you to pray with me." So, so we did, right? Two years later, I'm at a conference, and, and you know you've you've been to these conferences in a big hotel. There's thousands of people, you, you know, you, you could be 10 feet away from somebody and you might be 50 people away. And that guy who came to that dinner said, Peter, remember me? I'm so-and-so. And I looked at him, I said, I got no idea. He says, you will remember, you got to remember me. He says, I was the one of the, I was me and my wife, we were the couple who joined your dinner and you prayed. Like, I said, that doesn't narrow it down very much at all. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it doesn't narrow it down. Yeah. And he says, and we're kind of drifting apart in this big mass of people. He says, I was just baptized. You know, someone asked once, what is the difference between the particular judgment and the general judgment? And, and I don't, you know, maybe I don't understand it completely. But someone has suggested that in the general judgment, all things become known. All those simple things that you have done through the grace of God maybe become evident, right? In the moment, that invitation that we give, we don't know what God does with that invitation. You know, you said, just go do it. Th that prayer that that apostle to, to pray, what she does with that person who she'll never see again, you don't know what good comes of it. Well, maybe in the resurrection we do, but know this, God works through you, through me, through all of us. And he puts something on your heart to do, just do it. He has a plan. Cooperate with it. You might not know what's going to happen, but you know what? We trust him. We trust him. Well, it's, it's interesting that you say this, and I'm sure there's some people listening to this say, oh, that's real fine for you, Deacon Tom, and that's great for you, Peter. But, the past. But I, I, I couldn't do that. You're, you're a self-profane you proclaim past. I couldn't do this. And of course, I invite you to suggest who you're listening to, because you're not listening to Jesus who's, who's calling you to be sent. But then think about who you are. For just a moment, just a moment, I'm, I'm going to ask you to indulge me for just a minute. As I was praying about this gospel, as I was praying about this gospel, Peter, I heard the Lord say this, and he's saying it to each one of these apostles, and he's saying to each one of us, God the Father is turning to each one of us and saying, I knew you when I put the stars in heaven. When I, when I created the sea, I contemplated you and me. 
When I breathed life into the dust and placed a unique soul in you, I knew you completely. When I, when I, when my my son and I placed a soul in the flesh that became Jesus Christ, I loved him with the same love that I love you. And of course, that's what the evil one does, doesn't he? He turns to each one of us and says, "You're not loved enough to be a disciple. You're not, you're not loved enough to carry his bucket of water, uh, or that water that gives people that, who are so thirsty the, the 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 water that will quench their thirst forever." And yet, the Lord God Himself is saying to each one of us all the time, "You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter, which whom I'm well pleased." And you know how I know that. You know how I know this gospel is so true? I know that because of the Our Father. It starts out, Our Father. That's a mind-blowing thing to say, right? In the Old Testament, it blows their mind, and it blows our minds now. They did not quite consider that relationship set, that intimate relationship. And then what do we say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's you're making the kingdom of heaven present. We're saying we will make the kingdom of heaven present. As much as we cry out and say, oh, what a bummer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those other people their trespasses, and we find that so difficult, back up to the beginning of this and realize what he's giving you to be able to do all the rest of it. He's letting you live with the saints, live with Jesus, live with the angels in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is here. Let's let's move on that a little bit. You, you and I are we're, we're friends. We've known each other. If if you asked me for something, I would say, yeah, I'll try and do it. And uh, and, and you know, but I'm busy. I've got a lot of things going on in the world, right? I've got family and work and everything. But if you ask me, because we're in relationship, I, I probably would do it if I could. Think of this. Now we know that God is unchangeable, immutable, right? He always is, always was. He is the great I am. How do you change how do you change God? Think of this. When we pray to our Lord, when we ask him for something, he loves us so much. You said he knew us at the moment of creation. Yes, he knew what we would ask him for, and he values that so much. That prayer that you make today or tomorrow, he values you and your request and your feelings and your and the love he has for you so much that at the moment, at the instant of creation, he took your prayer into consideration. He wow. heard your prayer before time began, and he loved you so much that he listened. So one of the things we were talking about is that difficult, scary prayer. Lord, tell me what you want of me, and I will do it. Show me where to go, and I will do it. Know this, God has taken that into consideration at the moment of creation, because he loves you so much. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. That's that music again. Deacon, this hour has slipped by yet again. Uh, I would invite all of you to come back again next week at the same time. Uh, Here it's at noon, but in other places it's at different times. This is the month of 
the Sacred Heart. And today is the Feast of the Immaculate Heart. I think the two go together so well, and so, so purely and so perfectly. So let's celebrate the Sacred Heart all week long and today especially for the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So please, everyone, enjoy your week. Pray and look to find out what God wants of you and go do it. listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents.